my name is Joshua Bach, and I am sitting here with Brian Shutt of Refinery46, and we're excited to engage in some conversations about some things that are taking place now, and also some projects that we're working on, but, but just being able to share the story of Refinery46 uh, with Brian and Jesse, and uh, I'm excited. Thanks, man. I'm excited as well. It's, it's fun to finally sit down and, and put this, uh, I guess it's not on tape anymore, but right. uh, whatever, <laughs> on, on binary code. Yeah. I mean, we've had these conversations over the last couple of years, and I think it's just it's time to, to share it more broadly. Most certainly. And I know in, in regards to the conversation about Refinery46, it, it really is a beautiful vision, and, and it's been exciting for me personally and Harrison with Amplify to see what's taken place just in the last couple of years. But share with us a little bit about Refinery46 and the concepts and the vision and what's taking place here. Yeah. So to understand what we've been doing uh, at Refinery46 for the last few years, kind of have to go back um, almost 11 years to the founding of HomeSense Heating and Cooling, which was Jesse Cross and my first venture. We sort of backed into it at the, the bottom of the recession in 2009. And there's no good segue to say that <laughs> two guys, one with a finance background, one with a marketing background, decided to start a business in residential HVAC. But that's where uh, we were led to, to start a business together. Went through what a lot of small businesses go through, which is a painful trial and error learning experience, um, especially in a, in a trade that's highly technical with a lot of learning curves. And, and we had to go through them all. But I jokingly say we were young and dumb enough to to stick with it, and you know, eleven years later, grateful for that experience. It is it's through that experience of trial and error, with a lot of emphasis on error, that we learned the lessons that um, we're really able to speak to a lot of our members and a lot of friends and and potential uh, small businesses in the community because it's it's one of uh, empathy and understanding for sort of the the vision and the plight and the, the challenges that come along with small business. And, and that's really the heart of uh, what we're trying to do at Refinery46. Yeah, that's what you are doing. And it, it is neat to see it. This is a co-office space. It's a workplace. It's a collaborative space yeah. that uh, businesses and individuals working in business can, can have space, no matter what category of business that they're right. in, what stage that they're in. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, so as HomeSense grew, we knew we wanted to land in a place that we could really plant roots. And it turned out that after a lot of sort of due diligence and shopping around, a large warehouse space was up for sale around 46 in Keystone, used to be the home of Double Eight Foods. For better or worse at the time, we, we dove in, um, as we tend to do, with a lot of vision um, and not a lot of details. And uh, I'm grateful for my, my business partner, Jesse, who has a lot of uh, skills that balance out mine. And so he's, a, he's an action-oriented, hands-on builder and, and doer and renovator. And uh, I am incapable uh, of the building and doing and renovating. And I'm definitely a uh, thinking first, and he's an action first guy. And, yeah. and that's been a 10-year a process of, of refinement, as in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. And, <laughs> right. and we've had to do that with one another. And it's been, it's been you know, not without friction, but that's been a, a fantastic part of our process of growth as partners. But within this space... Um, we didn't know exactly what it was going to materialize to be. We just knew it was the right first step. And so almost two years of, of construction and reconstruction, 
before we open the doors to um, Refinery 46. Um, and it's not accidental that I referenced that verse in Proverbs because that's at the heart of the refinery concept yeah. um, is that we want to bring people together, we say, with humility to foster collaboration uh, so that we can grow. So that's really at the heart of what we're trying to facilitate here, what we've done for the last couple of years as we, um, after HomeSense got set, we opened our doors and um, have been filling the space since. Yeah. There was a lot of thought when you obviously picked the building and, and looking into the idea of, okay, how could we make certain that we've got a, our space for our HomeSense heating and air, right? And so, but, but being able to have a space, and it's a large facility for those that have not been here. What's the, what's the, Square footage? Right around 30,000 square feet. Yeah, that's no joke. No. <laughs> I mean, it's a no, good, it's not. That's a good area. So you've yeah. got three different levels. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, uh, a there's a restaurant and a brewery here. And so just as far as the actual facility, it's, 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 it's large and, yeah. and robust. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of different spaces to fill. Um, and that's been part of our sort of learning process and growth process of, okay, so if HomeSense is in 10% of the building, what are we going to do? Uh, to fill the rest. And so I would say as we grew HomeSense, we built a lot of relationships and friends within uh, the construction trades industry. And it was within that that we realized that, I mean, we kind of saw that classic e-myth book. We saw it lived out mm -hmm. where you had your practitioner who was an operator who was working in the business, not on the business, mm -hmm. and dealt with a lot of understandable issues that basically came back to that, like, no experience or specific giftedness or relationship that could help in those areas. I mean, we think of sales and marketing, mm -hmm. all of the functions of administration, whether that's legal, accounting, things like that. You know, there's regulatory hurdles and licensing. And just, I mean, it's a, it's a laundry list of details. And a lot of times founders that are practitioners don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And we realized that just firsthand experience that, some of the best practitioners, unfortunately, didn't have the business background and having uh, tough luck at growing their businesses, not a result of being good or bad at the what they were doing, but the function of the business side was really challenging. And so, you know, the, the construct is always like, I mean, we had this big space to fill. We had this sort of growing sort of awareness of the need, especially within uh, our industry or sector. And then we saw the advent of the co-working concept uh, after the recession and loved the sort of culture building aspect of it, loved the flexibility of it. Just at my core, I'm an efficiency guy. And so the idea that a lot of businesses have, you know, 10,000 square feet and that conference room gets used 10% of the time, it right. just like runs against every <laughs> bit of me because it's like, ah, there's got to be a better way to utilize that <laughs> space. And so put those three you know, circles together in the Venn diagram. And that's kind of where Refinery was born, which was let's create a space for small businesses that better leverages the sort of collective things that we need and then lays on top of it some of our own understanding and, and expertise on the business side of business. Yeah. Um, not necessarily getting into technical training. I can't do plumbing, electrical. You know, there's places to go to, to stay on top of those things for these businesses but on the business side of business. Yeah, so functionality. Yeah. How do you, how do you market in that first, you know, zero to 12 months? You know, if you've never created an elevator pitch, how do you, how do you succinctly create differentiation between yourself and, and other people doing the exact same thing? And 
if a guy's been plumbing since he's 18, why would, why would he know or, or how would he know to even go through that process? So I would say co-working is the easiest way to understand it. It is. But yeah. it's probably somewhere where incubator meets co-working. Yeah. And that's where we try to live. Yeah, let's expand upon the different levels and phases of a business. There's, there's a way for us to be able to, to take all these different uh, pieces of knowledge and, and to gather and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. But also, there's a devil at every level. <laughs> so oh, yeah. there's different phases. Expand upon that, those different phases, and how the concept and vision here at, at Refinery46 can help with that. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a few core concepts that we believe in. You know, and, and as you said, the, the phases of business look very different depending on the business and the business owner. But I mean, you kind of start out and it's just about existence and survival. And, and the challenges of that phase look very different than as you start to grow and you start to get into HR issues and uh, banking relationships. And then as you continue to grow, it's getting into managerial challenges and operational processes and procedures and repeatability. And anyway, just I can deconstruct. Um, the S-curve of businesses, it's largely driven by what the business owner wants to do. But again, like you said, there's repeated themes within that. There's only, you know, there's five or six core areas. And within those core areas, the questions at the different phases are different. But yeah, we know that it's, as I said, there's a sales and marketing component. There's a, um, a administrative component. There's, um, you know, the HR and the people side, which becomes bigger and bigger as you grow. And so, Again, the knowledge is out there. Now there's obviously nuance of opinions as to how and what is the best way. Sure. Um, but a lot of times it's just, it, it's not, it's not, there's not a knowledge issue right now as far as, ac- as it's there. Um, I think to some extent the challenge is filtering out all of the different opinions that are out there. And mm-hmm. so, again, having lived it and sort of living in that more research uh, mindset you know, I personally have done a lot of data dives on, on like what different businesses need at different times. And so, you know, we have every, everywhere from, you know, a single person startup and year zero to six to a 40 person business and year 15 yeah, and everything in between and a lot of different types of businesses. And so some days it's a whiteboard session. That's like, I need customers next week Yeah, with our bigger businesses at the bigger phase. It's thinking about culture building. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we create uh, a magnet for the best people in our industry to want to come to our business as opposed to these other ones? So our, our whole goal is to be sort of the hub of information and create some of the construct that, that these businesses can get some guidance along the way. Again, going back to, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's all well and good that I offer office hours and we can whiteboard, but if you don't know the question to ask, you're not necessarily going to get sort of directed in the right way or learn the right thing. So we're sort of, again, meeting in the middle between I can't, I can't make someone or refinery can't make a business owner successful. That has to come from them. Sure. But what we can do is is take some of the the knowledge that's out there and sort of walk them through the framework. You know, if, if they don't have a lawyer helping write contracts, you know, and they don't know that they need really good contracts. Like, let's get out ahead of that so that you don't do something unintentionally that can sink your business, yeah. you know, among other many uh, aspects of the different risks in business insurance, things like that. Like, there's a lot of those back-end things that if your yeah. mindset is growth, you're not thinking about the CYA activities. Yeah. Well, I know that <clears throat> there's a misconception a lot of times that people think that, uh, you know, let's say uh, a plumber and their, and their business and their operations and someone that, let's say, 
let's say does hair. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, commonalities, a lot more alike than different. Oh yeah. And you have you have your product, you have your your service, but then you have the functionality of the business. And I know a lot of times, and we talked about this several times, that what gets you into the business. Uh, maybe that passion that, that or that real strong desire or you're really good at doing what you're doing. But that's just part of it, right? Right. Yeah, I think as, you know, we all go in a little blind to what the reality is going to look like. I mean, and candidly, if, if we had 2020 vision on, on what all the challenge side would be, I don't know that anybody would actually go into business for themselves because it's just overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see the, you see the highlights that other people put out there. And I think that's a lot of times what attracts people. Yes. Nobody's necessarily like putting their crappy days on Instagram or, or sort of blog posting about how bad they are at personnel management (laughs) and it's, and it's understandable. And, And so I mean, I, I kind of go to those stories because I think a lot of the challenges that small businesses run into are somewhat interrelated to that that mindset of if I'm having challenges, I must be bad at this. Mm-hmm. And what we want to try to foster is everybody's bad at something. And let's just be honest about where, where we're bad. Yeah. I mean, chances are you do have some great strengths too. Let's Let's talk about how we can amplify those strengths. But if you can't be candid and honest and humble about those areas that you need to improve upon, there is no way we can come in and try to find resources to support you there. So, yeah. I mean, it, we have a multitude of resources, educational, relational, and otherwise, to to help our members and small businesses. But fundamentally comes back to that founder having the humility to, to come in here and not feel like they have to fake it till they make it. Um, cause if, if you have the, the facade that you've got it all together, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. Good for you. Right. That's really not the sort of the cultural ethos here is definitely much more around letting guard down, being humble and vulnerability, listen. right? Absolutely. That's yeah. the only, I mean, I just think there's, there's boatloads of data that support that's, that's where growth happens. Big time. Brian, we've had multiple conversations about entrepreneurship and the, the data that's been collected about the deficit. Yeah. Expand upon that. I think it's fascinating. Well, yeah. And, and I think why it's stuck with me so much and, and probably why I talk about it ad nauseum is that it runs contra to what I think most people believe because we hear so many of the success stories mm-hmm. and it's great. And I love the success stories and that's very motivating. Um, but the data point is that post uh, recession 2009, there have been about a million fewer businesses started in the U.S. than in previous decades. And then when you overlay that fact with the data that, share, that says most net new jobs come from businesses that are zero to five years old, um, you, can, you can see that there is a strong correlation between the labor force participation rate decline and the lack of new businesses starting. Wow. And so... To me, once I started seeing that, and, and, and I think the, for me, it comes back to a belief that we are created to work. And, and I think the, there is ample data to talk about how our happiness is very tied to the meaning that comes from work. Very much so. And so um, a belief that I have is that we're created for inspired work. And that is work that leverages our strengths in a way that contributes to something greater than ourselves. And so 
built on that belief, it's like, well, then how do we create more jobs that are inspired? Well, if we know most net new jobs come from businesses in the year zero to five, and we know we've had a million fewer of those in the last decade, to me, that is, that is a crisis. Yeah. And so part of what our motivation is, is, is to try to a, get that fact out there and, and try to better understand why is it that what's the, what's the causal factors behind the, the lack of new businesses starting um, and, and measuring the, the absence of something is really difficult. Um, so in light of the fact that it's difficult to, to understand why not, what we're trying to do is increasingly tell the story of, of all the why did I mm-hmm. in a real way so that people go in eyes wide open as much as possible of this is how it works. Yeah, we don't want to scare people to death, right? right. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to scare to, to the negatives. And you also don't want to make it seem like you have to be Mark Zuckerberg or yes. Steve Jobs to be a successful entrepreneur. And in fact, clearly those are the anomalies. You can make an impact in your community. You can make an impact to your family. You can make an impact to those that you employ yeah. by creating a great small business that's built on character that goes and does meaningful work every day. Yes. Um, and so I think sometimes because they're not the stories that are in lights, they get lost. Yeah. And so it's just really on our hearts to try to share those stories of, of the people that are going to battle every day to try to build something that's their dream of building and I always joke that it's not always in the sexiest industries, but man, like the the impact that they have to the customers that they serve and the people that they employ, yeah, it, it's it couldn't be uh, it's it's no different than that of what Apple or Facebook does. Yeah, and those stories need to be shared a lot. Absolutely, more. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, as far as many things can become overwhelming, um, but it's like the old story: how do you eat an elephant? Yeah, one bite at a time. And, sure. and and with that though. It's uh, when, when you can have individuals in your life um, that can help you on each of those steps, yeah. then those big, gigantic goals, you know, in bite-size uh, amounts becomes a lot easier to, to oh, process and, and work through. And then it's the idea of, of okay, I, now I've learned something. We also know that, that we learn even deeper when we teach others how to do. So when, yeah. we're, when we're sharing others of things that we're going through, yeah. then uh, it, it helps us, but it, also, it helps our community. Yeah. I mean, I think in isolation, we die. We are, yes, and we are individuals, but we are made for the collective as well. And I think sometimes in the, in the telling of the quintessential American story of, of the lone, you know, cowboy pulling himself up by the bootstraps, what gets lost is the, the community aspect of that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not to say there can't be those stories of the solopreneur who had no help. I just think most of those, if you dig deep enough, there, there, were, there were hands out to support along the way. And, and my story is filled with those. And, and I think that's the, the most compelling stories that we see, you know, nonfiction and fiction are those that include the, the guide who's been there before, yeah. who comes alongside and shows, shows the protagonist the way. And I think, again, it's, that's, I mean, that's the story of humanity right there. It is. And so that, I think as a function of, of what we're trying to do is not to say that we can be all things for everyone or that we have necessarily mentors to plug people into, but at times that's what's required and that's what people need. And, um, and sometimes it's mentorship for a day 
Yeah. Um, and that may be it, but that may be the day that gets them to the next day. And, and, you know, they don't need the hand up after that. Right. Um, well, and sometimes it's, it's not necessarily a sit down with an individual that mentorship takes place. Sometimes it's just being able to watch that individual and see, yeah. see that individual perform certain tasks uh, from afar. Absolutely. And that's, I think, you know, in, in some ways that's the definition of culture. Yeah. If you can create sort of a dark matter that is sort of around, but, but you can't see it, um, that, that sort of supports people in, in a positive direction. And that's, I think, ultimately what our, our goal has been here is to, is to create that sort of ethos that you can't see that encourages people to be the best version that they can be. And again, like I said, I think it comes back to being conscious of strengths, but also being humble about weaknesses and, and being confident enough to have conversations with other people that may be able to help. Well, we're definitely in motion uh, working on some very exciting projects. We've been brainstorming uh, with a number of people here at Refinery 46. And I know as far as going into to, uh, extreme details, we can't because we're in the process of doing that right now. But share a little bit about some some of the cool concepts that we're working on right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it flows exactly from, from what I was saying. We think some of the most high-impact stories that can be told are from the entrepreneurs you may not know about. And we have a lot of them inside of our walls that are doing exciting visionary things in their fields. And I think there's no more compelling way to both help them and help others by telling their stories, the pluses and the minuses. And, and so that's part of our vision is to just amplify the, the voices and the stories of those members so we can help them and they can also inspire others. And there is a wide range, like going back, um, I mean, all different types of business. And it's not just trades. I think that's important to note that, that there's definitely a trades piece here yeah. and it's strong. But there's other types of businesses at different levels. And it's really neat. There's a lot of great personalities. And uh, it's, it's neat to know this project is going to incorporate many of these people. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, I am too. I think, uh, again, it's going to be fun to introduce some of the the great people and, and the unique stories that we know about because we're in here, but to introduce it to a broader audience. And as I said, and, and hopefully be able to speak with candor and, and, and honesty of about the, the pluses and minuses of the entrepreneurial journey. And um, again, going back to the heart of it, it's because we want more of them. We need more of them. Um, it's, it's one of the biggest crises of our time. So we're hopeful to do all our small part to just shed light on on how it looks and try to be a helper in the process.